You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Half Hour! Welcome to Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, which is now on the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie. And on today's show, we have very excited to have two very special guest artists with us today, Vanessa Bell Calloway and Heather Alicia Sims, who are both starring in the 2023 Broadway revival of Pearly Victorious. And before I hand the, the mic over to them with some questions, I'm going to give you all a little bit of info on them. Vanessa Bell Calloway is currently playing Adela Landy in the Pearly Broadway revival. Vanessa is an eight-time NAACP Image Award nominee and has starred in the original Broadway production of Dreamgirls, which is like so cool. I feel like that could be a whole <laughs> nother podcast for <laughs> As well as numerous other productions. And she stars in the Black Hamptons on BET and the Vince Staples show on Netflix. Heather Alicia Sims is currently playing Missy Judson in the Broadway revival of Pearly. She's appeared in Broadway productions of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, A Raisin in the Sun, and many other numerous Broadway shows, off-Broadway shows, television and film roles, film roles and appearances as well. So, Heather and Vanessa, welcome to Half Hour Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. How are you? Yay, thanks for being here. (laughs) So, before we dive into your awesome performances in Pearly that we caught a few weeks ago, can you give us a little background about yourself and how you got involved in the production of Pearly? Um, And maybe, Heather, you want to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know... Often in this business, the way that you get a a role is often like, wait, how, what, what happened? So I did this play at the public called Barbecue and Jeffrey Richards, our producer, um, we were filming it during the pandemic. You know, we were filming all of these plays and then he lost an actor for the next Um, show that he was filming and he was like oh my gosh would you do me a great favor and do this play online I was like I'm home so as we all were (laughs) and so I did it and he was like you saved me you saved my life would you do this reading of this play Pearly Victorious I was like I would love to do a reading of Pearly Victorious and then after we read that play he was like would you like to go to Broadway and I was Uh like Sure, but people say that all the time. And then uh-huh. you go, yes, of course, and you you don't really expect to be there. Right. And that's how it happened. That's awesome, awesome. <laughs> what about you, Vanessa? Well, I guess mine is kind of similar. Um, <laughs> I literally got a text from Kenny Leon in April, a text, not a phone call, <laughs> a text. That was like, hey, uh, did they, 
Did your people call you? Because I need you to come to New York. Uh, I want you to do, I'm going to be doing this play. And he had the dates like this fall on Broadway. And I want you to do it. And, and But I need you to come to New York real quick and read. It was like next weekend or whatever it was. It was like soon thereafter. And I looked at the text like, you know, then I rubbed my eyes like, am I reading this correctly? <laughs> and um, I had no reason to, I had every reason to say yes. And I couldn't think of one reason to say no to Kenny. So... Wow. Uh, of course, I, I flew in. They flew me in, and um, Heather was there. We did, we did a couple of days of reading the play, and then but then he just texted me like that after I think Friday was our first day of reading, and then he says, "I see you on Broadway," and I was like, "Okay, I'll be there," and <laughs> that was that was pretty much that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome, and and I feel like it's it's so great to hear those stories because so many people some people will really ask all the time like is it an email is it a phone call is it an in person you're told is it a letter you know everyone has a different way of being notified so we always like to ask that I think that's a really great question and 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 to kind of piggyback on that we know this original production of Pearly Victorious it premiered in 1961 it was so groundbreaking for its time how do you both feel that this revival connects with contemporary audiences today and what aspects of the show do you think resonate most today? We haven't seen a revival of this yet. So how does this play affect the contemporary audiences today? Maybe we'll start with Vanessa this time. Uh, it's funny we were having this conversation. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday after the show and we were laughing saying, I'm sure that the response we're getting now, the way people connect is probably a little different than 1961. Yeah. In 1961, I'm sure some people felt like their toes were being stepped on or yeah, yeah. felt like that, you know, how dare that, you know. But mm -hmm. it, I think it resonates today because we have grown, you know, in, intellectually and as a community, although there's still a lot of growth left to, to be had, we have definitely come uh, a long way since 1961. Mm -hmm. But the sad thing is, and in some senses, we have not come a long way in 1961. But mm -hmm. I think because we have in, in a certain ways, that people are more open and honest about where the the state of our nation is, where we are as as people, black and white and other. So you can look at this information that is given to you. We, we say uh, of the show, a little spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So mm -hmm. you can look at this um, the situation and the language and everything that's being said and done with different eyes in 2023. Although you understand how things used to be and we understand that things have changed somewhat, we also see a similarity of how things have not changed as much as they should have changed. So people are able to, I think, connect because they can laugh at it. They can be honest with themselves and say, oh, my God, we used to be horrible, and but we still are horrible in some sense. But is that me? And I always tell people, if you can recognize yourself, your neighbor, anything up on that stage, then it makes you feel really like this is ridiculous. This is stupid. This is ugly. Because, you know, you can, you see the truth right before you. So I think audiences are connecting because of all those things, because they see the truth, because they know where from where whence we came. They know that we haven't come as far as we should. They know mm -hmm. we still have a long way to go. And it's right there in front of you. It just is so blatant, the language and the situation and the way the characters have to survive and act and react that you can't help but go like, oh, my God, people used to really have to endure this. And in a way, they're doing other ways, but we have got to find a solution. So I think that it, it connects to people in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons. Totally, totally, totally. And what about you, Heather? What do you think on that? I mean, I, I think Vanessa said it all. I would, yeah. I, I, would um, I would only say that 
um, the way that Kenny decided to um, look at this production, he wanted us to really showcase the love that we all had for each other. Everyone truly loves something. We could have yeah. played this as, you know, high comedy, you know, a, a true farce, and it would have resonated differently. But he wanted us to get to the love, which was really important for him. And so, um, especially like my relationship to Gitlo, I right. could have been just the very um, haranguing wife who's just mm -hmm. nagging and doesn't like anything that uh, my husband does. And that would have mm -hmm. been a choice, but it would have felt one note we would have felt like we were just staying in the same place, but there was so much more room that we had to show love and, you know, all of the relationships, the love between, um, that Idella has for Charlie, the love that old captain has for his son, you know? And so there's so many, you know, really elevating that I think helped us to crack open pieces of the play that, um, really resonate with the audience that's interesting to bring all of that up and because we kind of wanted to understand how the process kind of was working with Kenny on this show and what some of his intentions were for it um had either of you had the chance to work with Kenny previously to Pearly you want to go first Heather? We, we both did <laughs> okay oh you both did okay cool <laughs> yeah that's, That's great. Awesome. And one thing I was just thinking well, about. Uh, well, well, we'll, say, well, actually, we should, we should tell you about this. I okay. don't know who your director was, Heather, but we both were a part of an, a very amazing um, August Wilson, I guess I'm going to say more than a showcase. Kenny put together, and I think it was almost 20 years ago, Heather, was it now? Almost yeah, it was a long time ago. The century. 2008 or something or something yeah. like that. Anyway, he put together this beautiful um display of all of August's pieces from the very first mm -hmm. one to the last one. And it was stage readings. We had these beautiful um, leather uh, folders with the play in it. I did seven guitars, but Kenny did not direct my seven guitars, but he hired me. Once again, I got a, I think it was an email then because we weren't doing text messages, but I got something from him like, hey, I want you to do this type of thing. And it was really great. So we went to Washington and you did your play and then everybody came back, like you did your play and left, and then you came back, and then they started from number one and went all the way to the end. So that's how I really, my first time ever really working with them, but he wasn't my director. What play did you do, Heather? We'll be right back. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back. I did piano lesson, and I did mm. King Hadley, and it was at the Kennedy Center. Oh, yeah, they, okay. all of them were at the Kennedy Center. That's oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. He's he's really amazing. He's constantly working. We're always seeing his productions up, and he's and he's doing such different shows too. And it's always whenever I see his name, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I can't wait to see what's coming next. You know, and yeah. and I think that's really special. Uh, one and, and thing, kind of, yeah, one Jeff, thing. Yeah. 
I did want to say one thing that we talked about on our podcast episode was some of Kenny's directing. We when the show starts, uh, and this is kind of like a spoiler, for, I guess, for people who haven't seen it yet. But it starts with them kind of taking the costumes off of the rack and like taking that photo. Is it kind of a t- intended that you are the characters or you're playing the characters? That we are the players and we're putting on these clothes and we're inviting you on this journey with us. Okay, mm. that's what we Everybody thought. Everybody loves that part. That, you know, it's interesting. Kenny had this vision and he said, I don't want to start like the play, you know, most plays you see the opening scene set already mm-hmm. in place. And then, you know, the characters come on and they start the scene. And Kenny talked to us and he's, he's, you know, he had a lot of dreams about this piece. He would come to work literally every day and said, tell us the dream he had about whichever section. And he mm-hmm. said he had a dream that, the, that there should just be a rack of clothes. And yeah. we all come and get one item off that. And we put that on. And that's like Heather said, that was inviting the audience, letting them know, especially because of the content of this mm-hmm. material, to let them know, hey, we are these actors and we are getting ready to do a play. But we are asking you to come along with us and it's going to be okay because you're going to go for a ride right now. So mm. to kind of like break that wall where you just see the characters come in as characters, but you see us come in as people, as actors, and then you you go on this journey with us. And everybody loves that mm. opening. I, I tell you, people ask about that opening all the time <laughs> and they get it. They know exactly just like you were able to say, this is what it means. They yeah. get it. So his dream was good. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my like one of the standout things for me after seeing it. I was like, oh, OK, I get this. And I just wanted to make sure, you know, so, yeah. And and in terms of what Kenny's bringing to the experience, what are how did you all approach developing your characters in this production? Like, you know, what aspects of their personality? You know, there's an original Broadway production from long ago. I know there's even a musical version of this from the 70s. Right. So like. What 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 did you personally bring to creating these characters for this new revival? In each, I guess we'll, maybe we'll go to Heather first for this. You know, for me, I, I I wanted to step out of this idea that I I don't want to say step out of it. I I wanted to step into the the love that that she has for her family. Mm-hmm. And what she really wants, people keep saying, well, what does she want? What does she want? She wants her family, you mm-hmm. know? And if this family is around the church or family is around um, this young woman coming and maybe being the hope for a new generation. And so where can she solidify just the idea of having Gitlo and Pearly and Ludie Bell all in the same place. I think that's her dream. Mm. Yeah. Mm. To feed people and have good people around her. (laughs) I love that. Do you feel, I was going to say, do Um, you feel like there was a particular moment or scene in the show that um, was personally impactful for you with your character? You know, I think the moment where I'm sitting, I love the moment where I'm sitting with Ludie Bell at the, Mm -hmm. at the table, Mm. you know, one of my favorite moments because I'm trying to get her I feel like I'm trying to win her over to one thing but she is so beautifully sweet mm-hmm. and open that I'm like oh no of course I want you to stay and I, sometimes I'm like even if you don't fall in love with Pearly, please stay <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
And same question for you, Vanessa. A moment in the show maybe you've connected with or what you've gone through with your personal development. Of your I want to ask, the, I would like to answer the first one first, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of uh, about the process. Uh, actually, mm -hmm. I didn't really go in there with the process. I didn't read the play other than when they gave it to me to read it, you know, before we um, started to read it when we did our read-throughs in New York. I never looked up the movie. And I did see Pearly, the musical, just because of the timing of my life getting to New mm -hmm. York. You know, I was still in college when it was playing here. So I totally missed that. And I, I'm glad I didn't because I did not want to come in there with any preconceived ideas. I wanted to be open to whatever Kenny's uh, vision was. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to discover her on my own. I didn't want to like, I love Be Riches. The fact that I'm even doing this part to me is, you know, I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, honey, if it's good enough for her, it's, good, it's great enough for me. And just even, you know, we have, Evan and I both have pictures of Helen Martin and B in our, in our dressing rooms. And we have the, a picture of the original playbill. And, and every day wow. I look at that and I'm just like, oh my God, this is such an honor. So I'm glad that I didn't like see her performance to try to copy anything. Cause I wanted just to, especially because we're doing it in 2023. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to go in as a, you know, the black mammy of 1961, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't really, I didn't prepare. I just, you know, I, we had things that we had to look at, like for the era, you know, um, documentaries and things that we started reading. I started reading that type of thing just to get the feel. And, and then, of course, our dialect coach taught us things of like the, the way they spoke. But I didn't want to go in there with any preconceived ideas. So I just kind of showed up and started from scratch. Cool. Answer to the first question. What was the second question? Of? The second question was a, a scene or a moment in the show that you really connect with. You know, one of my favorite moments in the show is we are all at the end, right when Pearlie is getting get, he realizes that he's got the deed. And I had just taken the money from Charlie Cotchapi, and he's asking to join the church. And all of us are hugged up in this joyous moment mm -hmm. looking at him knowing that, you know, we are going to accept him. And Idella's happy because he's coming to church. But it's, it's something about just the connection. But I look at all these beautiful faces every night, and it just brings me so much joy. I'm just like, and then every night at that moment, I just go like, it's like, it's a pinch me moment for me. Mm -hmm. I go, oh my right. God, I am on this beautiful stage doing this beautiful piece of art with these beautiful people and I mean really and sometimes it almost brings me to tears it's just something about that moment where we're all happy and joyous and hugging each other and you know we've taken this audience through this whole journey it's the end of the play is coming up and it just brings me so much joy in that particular moment and and to kind of reflect on that I especially that I totally know what you're talking about that moment because I remember that moment and then at the end too when they're at the the funeral, I guess. I think that's so funny when that casket comes in standing up, right? Like, like all the comedy goes through to the very end. And I'm I'm on this like good emotional roller coaster of like sometimes shows are a little exhausting or sometimes shows are a little flat. This was like a I'm laughing, I'm gasping, I'm sad, I'm like all these emotions. And I get to the end and I started crying during Leslie's monologue at the end because I'm just so moved by like that. His monologue at the end to me is like one of my favorite moments of the whole thing. And so I can understand what y'all are feeling up there eight times a week because I'm sitting there once and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on this roller coaster and I feel so good and sad and I'm laughing and I'm crying. It's like a great mix of emotions in a couple of hours. So, here's my reflection on it. 
And with that, too, I feel going back to what we were talking about earlier with Kenny inviting the audience into earlier on, you hear around us as an audience member different sounds coming from different groups of people around you and like we were very sitting in the center of the orchestra so you could hear like these people laughing behind us or someone next to us was like tearing up or another person was like oh my god did that just happen so it was cool to see that and that kind of like leads into this next question too because theater has the power to spark conversations and provoke change what conversations or discussions do you hope the audience will have after seeing pearly and what impact do you think this show can have to the broader social context we'll be right back Let's jump back into things. My hope is that they're asking themselves, why are some of these moments so relevant? Mm-hmm. Why why are these moments so poignant? There, there, there are times when, when, when the sheriff comes in and says, um, put down that gun. And Pearlie says, what gun? You know, mm-hmm. it still happens today. That mm-hmm. you know, black people are, are, um, people are coming into their homes and being told they're being told put down the gun and it's like wait what what we don't have a weapon here so what mm-hmm. is happening and so there's so many moments like that in this play and it was written in 19 he started writing it in the late 50s and why is it still poignant why does it still resonate mhm Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with Heather on that. It's like, I and I always say, because we have these talkbacks, you know, on Thursday after the show, and that, you know, this topic, of course, comes up quite a bit. And I always say, it's like, as I mentioned before, if you're sitting in that audience and you see yourself, or you heard something you said, or your grandparents used to say, or your neighbor or something, mm-hmm. then you need, to, you need to go like, this is ridiculous. This yeah. is just stupid and it's ugly. Because the truth is staring you right in the face, you know? So that's what I hope people are just really looking at how how crazy this is. And that it's still going on that people still have these thoughts. My my new joke is, I said, I guess this play wouldn't be able to be seen in Florida because the governor would be like, we don't want it because it's going to hurt some people's feelings. Yeah, oh. right, right. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It's it's so it's so interesting, and when you and I want to kind of ask a question. What you brought up with you know Ossie Davis writing this in the in the late fifties and then premiering on Broadway in the early sixties. I I feel like Ossie Davis's impact and spirit is deeply felt in that theater during that show, especially within the performance. And I just feel like there's such honor for that work of his. Um, so do you? I, I would love to know. Do you think he'd be proud of this revival? Would he have loved to see this on Broadway all these years later? What are your thoughts on just him and his spirit with the show as a whole? I think he had a lot to do with it personally, if I had to guess. Um, because they've been trying, to my understanding, and Heather probably could speak on this as well, they've been trying to get this uh, rebooted for quite some time. And why did it not happen? Mm-hmm. You have to stop and ask yourself those questions too. Yeah. It's not like they just got the idea last year, oh, let's do it, and it, fell, it just all came together. From my mm-hmm. understanding, they've been trying to do this for quite some time, and mm-hmm. it just did not happen. So why now? I think Ossie had his fingers and hands all up in here, personally. The fact that his children are a part of the production, you know, they're very um, embedded in the fabric of what we're doing. Um, Guy Davis, his son, um, did all of the music. Yes, yes. I love that. 
So it just feels like it is still on the continuum of, you know, the the Davis family and Ossie's, you know, Ossie's legacy is we're, they're right there. And the other mm. day, Hasna, Has- that's her name, right? Heather, Hasna, Hasna. Yeah. She, um, the daughter, she said something that was so beautiful. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you heard it too, Heather, when we were doing the talk back. She was talking about how much they love coming to see the show because they hear their father again. Yeah. Mm. Language. You know, because I guess they said they heard pieces of this growing up, you know, different phrases and different things he would say uh, that were in the play, but they were young. You know, they didn't, you know, couldn't correlate that it, the correlation was between what he had written and what he did to, to their lives at the time. So she said they love coming back now because she said, you bring our father back to us. They hear their father's voice. I thought that was so special. Yeah. So special. That's so, so nice. And even at the end, like when you when the moment just happens after the bows and you're like, oh, that was just like another tearing moment for us that you see his picture and you're like, that's that's what it's all about here. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Special. <clears throat> well, we uh, it, it is such a wonderful piece and we know you're all so busy and we're going to get ready to wrap up here. But we have one more question for you all. And um, maybe you all want to each have us answer this separately or together. Maybe it's the same story. <laughs> but we always like to ask our guests a fun. It could be silly or funny or just it doesn't even have to be funny. Just a moment behind the scenes story that maybe our, our listeners would love to hear I, a lot of our listeners like to hear something that happens backstage i, I think we i think we had some us. i think we had some on the stage funny moments personally <laughs> anything you're willing to share anything you're willing to share i think one of my favorite moments is after we get our clothes on we go backstage and vanessa does a dance <laughs> And every night is different because Vanessa Bowen is a dancer and she tells me which style it's going to be and she just does it. So we are having a great time coming on the stage and as we go off. Yes, we do. We have a lot, a lot of fun. And, and we also have moments where we have to do that quick change and we're back there laughing. And, and then we do we, we have a we have a song. We have a choir that you all have not been able to hear. <laughs> And the choir sometimes, which is Kara, myself, and Heather. <laughs> we we are the choir. We sing our song in our dressing while we're changing our clothes. We do our little our little number, and I let them know when choir rehearsal is next. The oh. next choir rehearsal. <laughs> Wait, how are we going to get to hear it then? Yeah, right, right. Well, you'll probably you'll probably never hear it because Kenny won't let us. Put it. <laughs> it's for our entertainment only. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's lovely to hear stories like that. And I know you mentioned Kara and we mentioned Leslie earlier. Um, you know, those those two are doing wonderful things in the show too. Everyone truly is. It's been mm-hmm. such an amazing They are right? amazing together. They are just killing it, honey, yeah. every night. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Just, as well as Heather and, and Gitlo. Everybody's just it's just yes, Gitlo, an yes, amazing, yes. an amazing cast. Such an honor. It was, it, it, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to talk to you both about it. And just for your, our listeners, Pearly Victorious is playing at the Music Box Theater on Broadway until February. Congratulations on your extension, by the way. Yeah. On that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hopefully awesome. it's going strong through the holidays and even into the winter. Um, it's a really, really impactful piece. So thank you all for what you're bringing to the piece, too. It's truly remarkable. So thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. So th- that's all for today for our episode of Half Hour, everyone. We thank you all so much for listening. Yes, we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Vanessa and Heather. Uh, Vanessa and Heather, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you? 
Well, I'm on all the socials. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I don't do Facebook so much, but okay. and um, yeah, I, I was on the on the Twitters, but now it's the X. So who yeah. knows? <laughs> but um, Instagram, BK Jam Instagram. Child. Instagram, okay. Yeah, okay. Instagram for me, Vanessa Bill Calloway, and Vanessa Bill Calloway. And I got the little blue check, so you'll know that's me. And then uh, um, I have a website, VanessaBillCalloway.com. And then I have a site that has um, some podcasts that I did, uh, oh. about 100 podcasts that I did, and some shows that I created, some web series that I did, that I Amazing. produced and created. And it's called In the Company of Friends.tv. Awesome. awesome. Okay. And we'll, link, we'll link those in the podcast description for everyone. And to all our listeners, you can connect with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. And also, if you'd like to check out our full review thoughts on Pearly Victorious, you can go back and listen to our past podcast episode all about that, which is also linked in the description of this podcast episode as well. Yeah. So thanks so much for joining us today, Vanessa and Heather. We can't wait to see what's in store for you next. Yay. Thank you. Neither can we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta for now. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.